everyone, it's Melissa. Welcome back to another episode of the Social Angle Podcast. So this episode, I'm speaking with Jade Buchanan, who is a content creator who focuses on 80s, 90s, and early 2000s nostalgia content. So she looks at old commercials, movies, music, you name it, Jade has covered it. And it's just such a pleasure to see somebody who has started off fairly recently on social media become so successful by staying consistent and true to the content that they love to create for their audience. When you interact with Jade on TikTok or Instagram, you can tell she not only loves what she's doing, but she's really passionate about providing you know, these little moments that just encapsulate different periods in your life, whether you were an 80s, 90s, or 2000s baby, that really just pull on your heartstrings. And I thought it was really important for us to go into why, as consumers, we are so uh, attracted to nostalgia and what are some of the big brands right now that are doing it right in a way that feels authentic. So let's get into this episode with Jade. here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so jazzed to have this conversation and also really jealous of your manicure right now. Like I haven't had in the pandemic a good manicure in a really <laughs> long time. So for those who can't see, like Jade has a fire, like it looks like Robin's egg blue Manny right now. And it's all the feels. It is. I was, I wanted to do something a little bit different and kind of like, I feel like since we've all kind of been in this weird sort of pandemic mode like I know that for me personally I feel like I've kind of lost a little bit of myself (laughs) as far as like I used to just I worked in the cosmetics industry for a long time and so part of my job was like being so beyond put together and I just went into this mode where I was like sweatpants I don't care (laughs) and I kind of wanted to something to sort of inch myself back into it so I was like sure Robin's egg blue manicure should do the trick so now I kind of put together (laughs) well I love it it looks really really good and yeah I can feel you on those like living sweatpants life but like for me it wasn't like you know me switching it was just me going full deep into like I'm just gonna look like I rolled up Advin alleyway like you know from now on (laughs) yes it's so comfy I feel like once we go there we can't go back it's hard exactly 100% so I wanted to give you an opportunity to to introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit more about yourself as a content creator. So let's get into it. Yeah. Um, so my name's Jade Buchanan, aka Shiny Pretties, across all of my platforms that I use: Instagram, TikTok. Um, I am a nostalgia-centric content creator. Um, I kind of do a lot of um, like teen magazine and like vintage magazine posts um I also have just recently gotten into sort of like making memes which has been really fun especially on Instagram (laughs) um so just kind of like a little comedy but also a little like tugging at the heartstrings like just enough to make it like hurt just a tiny bit but like in a good way um (laughs) but yeah that's that's pretty much kind of what I've been doing sort of navigating my way around different kind of fun content to create to just give us give us a little bit of a feel good right now, especially, you know, like the collective. I feel like we need that. <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned that because when I found you, I found you last year during the pandemic when I finally was like, 
I'm signing up for TikTok. Like, okay, I'm doing this. Like all my friends were like, you got to sign up. You got to sign up. Like, even if you're not creating anything, just check out the platform. Like, and it became one of those things where, you know, how you were saying, like, you know, people needed like that feel good for me. Sometimes I would go on that app and instead of watching like Netflix at night, I would watch like an hour of just content creators creating really cool stuff. Like some of it inspirational, some of it funny, some of it nostalgic, like whatever they were into. And it was so cool. And that's how I found you. And I immediately followed you because you do like such specific content for nostalgia. And I think the way that you do it, like you had one about doodle bears and I was like, oh my God, I'm flashing back to middle school right now. Like, this is incredible. Like just so much cool stuff. So that being said, have you always been interested in nostalgia? Like what inspired you to create your channel? I've been in love with nostalgia since, I don't know. I think like one of my first vivid kind of things that I remember, especially I was in high school. It was probably like the, I was like 99 maybe. Um, And like, it was obviously the internet was like out and about, but we were a little bit more limited to like the access and information that was out there. Do you know what I mean? And I remember like talking with one of my friends, we were in keyboarding class and I was like, oh my God, do you remember this show on Nickelodeon? And she was like one of the only people that remembered it. And we both like in that moment, were like just anxiously on the, the keyboard, like trying to find like any information about it online. And I feel like that kind of behavior has sort of stuck with me since then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just always searching for like the most obscure, random little things. Um, I just, I, I, I even, I feel like sort of in a way, like when I was immersed in these things, like even when I was a kid or, you know, as a teenager, like I knew that everything around me, like I was sort of fleeting in a way. Um, and just how precious it really was. Like, I loved all of this stuff so much. Um, and it, it genuinely did kind of stick with me, you know? And that's kind of the the feeling that I try to channel when I do create something is that sense of like wonder and happiness and sort of a safe space uh, that it gave me at the time. You know, I, I didn't know that it gave other people the same kind of feeling as much as it did me. And that was the one thing that really, I think sort of helped my, TikTok account sort of take off is because we all sort of felt this way. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to me, like when I watch your videos, I feel like it's like a conversation between like the both of us. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, I feel like you're really, the way you speak to your audience is very direct and engaging and emotional. Yeah. In a way where it's like, you know, I, see one of your videos and like again I flash back to like my childhood I think about like the afternoons with my brother watching like salute your shorts or something on like Nickelodeon and I think that's so cool because I feel like it really embodies the power of nostalgia you know those things can be fleeting but they live on in people's like memories and emotions and that stuff's really powerful to tap into especially when it comes to to marketing and we've seen so many different campaigns you know, utilize it sometimes good, sometimes not so good, but yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's been so much lately, like just geared specifically toward millennials where I'm like, like, if I see one more insurance commercial that's like a cover of a Savage Garden song, I'm like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I know. And I sadly, my attention, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, you make a really good point because sometimes like it can be something that's really like intimate and engaging. And then other times like the person who's trying to channel the reference kind of like 
maybe doesn't know the right notes to hit. So it kind of like hits like a false note. I wanted to ask you, like I discovered you on TikTok, but I know you're also on Instagram. Like, did you have a preference on which platform and how did you kind of figure out which one you were going to use to launch yourself as a content creator? TikTok took off. It felt more natural. Um, it was literally one video that I made. It was a teen people magazine from the year 2000. And I look back and I watch some of my old videos and I'm just like, oh my God, it's so like, just, you know how you just watch your first things that you make and you're like, this is embarrassing. But like, it was just what I was doing at the moment. I didn't have hardly any followers. I was making like TikToks of my dog and my cat and like random stuff. Do you know what I mean? And it was just a random thought that I had. We were in quarantine and I was in my apartment and I was like, let me just bust out this old teen magazine and look through it and record it. And that night it got like, I don't even know how many hundreds of thousands of views. And I was like, oh, well, do you guys want a part two? And it just kind of took off from there. Um, and I noticed that with TikTok, it just felt more comfortable for me. I mm -hmm. love the that I was seeing on my For You page, um, the people that I was following, the sense of humor, like the kind of overall vibe and community was just more comfy to me. It was a little bit more eclectic. And I felt like I was able to make quick videos, whereas I had always toyed with the idea of like launching a YouTube channel, which actually kind of sort of uh, is in the back of my mind. It's like a project that I'm working on. So fingers crossed, we want to get that launched. Um, but for me, uh, TikTok was something that was easy. I didn't have to worry as much about editing or post-production. I didn't have to worry so much about like planning that time out. It was just like, take your phone, record your content, keep it moving. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the more comfy I got with it and the more followers I started getting, I kind of was able to sort of, I don't know, determine like what people wanted to see more of. And um, it was just easier. Now, keep in mind, during this time, my Instagram was still like my personal Instagram. I made the biggest like shift. It was so random because it was like pictures, like makeup pictures and like selfies and like makeup tutorial stuff, my dog, my cat, whatever. Um, and like one day, I think I kind of more so started focusing on it maybe like last October, maybe mm -hmm. September, October. I was just like, if I want longevity and if I really want to like connect with people outside of a different platform, this was also when there was like a little bit of question as to whether or not TikTok would survive. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. whether what a crazy year 2020. <laughs> what a crazy year. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I just finally got something launched and it might be yanked out from under my feet. I need a contingency plan if yes. I want to be smart about this and treat it as a business uh, and treat it as a potential, hopefully, you know, something that I can consider a livelihood, something sustainable. Um, and so I started making the shift on Instagram. I was posting nostalgic photos. I started uploading a lot of my old TikToks on there and it was kind of, I felt like weird for my followers on Instagram because it was like people I knew in real life. And all of a sudden I just like, no more pictures of me. I was just kind of like, here's a picture of, you know, PJ Sparkles doll from 1989. People were like, what? <laughs> PJ like, girl, like, girl, okay. <laughs> um, and you know what? I made it my absolute goal to get my Instagram following up um, and to just bring over some of my followers from TikTok over to Instagram and I was able to go from around I guess 3,000 followers around that time to like 20 like 23,000 
now. Crazy. Wow. So it, it's definitely been a lot of hard work and it's been a lot of consistency. I started posting on Instagram like four and five times a day for, for a while. Um, yeah, so it, it, it was just kind of a thing that I did as sort of a protection, but then I started loving Instagram and I started making memes. So it became more natural too. I think that's awesome though, because you make so many good points because, and what's probably really like the most surprising about your journey is like, obviously like nostalgia has been something that is very personally like meaningful to you and has been a part of like your hobbies and interests for a while. Right. But like you being a content creator, it's fairly recent, right? Like it's only last year in the pandemic. And the fact that you've had like so much success, like the consistency piece, the slowly venturing out to other platforms, to a wider audience, but still like, you know, you you didn't sign up for like eight other platforms. You like, you know, had an, an established following and then thought about a way to strategically kind of diversify how you were delivering content for yourself. And then also, you know, you're like, maybe we'll be banned on TikTok. So yeah. like, I had to consider, you know, what else I can do. And then the fact that like, you're thinking about, um, you know, the consistency part, which I think some people struggle with, which is like, not only when they're adapting a new platform, but just keeping the ones that they have alive in general. Yeah. It's like, you'll see somebody really go in for a couple of months and then, you know, you don't see anything for like months on end and it just totally kills the momentum. Something that is very real is creator burnout. Um, mm-hmm. And you, know, you do have to sort of be careful with that for sure, because I've seen that happen a lot too, where people do get so overwhelmed or they get burnout from churning out so much stuff, just sort of randomly throwing it out that they, they end up kind of burning themselves out of it and it takes away the fun of it. And I never wanted that to happen to me. Yeah. And I think like you can still tell, even though you've been doing this now for, you know, a while consistently that this is still very fun for you. And that's why I feel like, again, it's a joy to watch your videos or interact with your content because you can tell like there's a general love for what you're doing and you're not like, okay, I need to make this sponsored post like and just collect this check. It's like you really, really enjoy what you're doing. So I've seen kind of a concentration on 80s, 90s and Y2K nostalgia did I miss any decades or is there other ones that you kind of lean into? I've pretty much into the eighties, nineties and two thousands, because to me, that was the more formative years of my life. And so that does sort of feel the most comfortable to me. Um, And I, I have, there's a few things, honestly, that I wouldn't mind touching on in seventies, but I feel like if I sort of ventured out, anywhere else it might not feel as authentic to me because I personally don't have as much of a connection to that time period I love it and I can appreciate it but you know it's it's just not going to necessarily feel as authentic coming from me yeah no I totally get that and I think that's like a smart move is like you know sometimes you struggle as a content creator on like you know everybody's like an expert right on like social media you know like everybody is like an expert or consultant and I think it's like so cool that you're somebody that's like you know I know about certain things and I'm going to stick to what's meaningful and what I feel like I can really speak to versus just trying to venture out to something else to have like a different avenue so it keeps it like real for you and one thing that I thought was really interesting is that like you were calling yourself the magazine queen which I thought was really cool so like why did that title um, come to you or how did it come to you? I should say. Honestly, like even when I was in middle school, I would read like 17 and YM magazine, um, things that were probably, I shouldn't have been reading. I should have been reading my mom's Cosmo magazines at like, but I was, and (laughs) 
no regrets, but I just love them. I loved everything about the pictures and the ads. I love print ads, like print ads from the eighties, nineties and two thousands. Like just, I could look at them all day. I just love it. Um, and so I've been a collector of a lot of magazines for a long time. Some of them I've had since I was a teenager. Those are the ones that like, I definitely hold near and dear, but a lot of them I've gotten on eBay or even Etsy. But I will say like they, it's, it's gotten a lot harder on eBay lately to find anything um, that isn't completely price gouged. I like, I saw a post the other day for six sassy magazines, six. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Just wow. banana, literally that's, banana. That's Whereas like, Erico, I could get six sassy magazines for like $40, maybe it's insane. Wow. How many like magazines do you think you have? Cause I'm sure like, especially if you're a collector, like, are we like talking dozens, hundreds? Probably at least a couple hundred, I would say. That's yeah. awesome. Is this just like, you know, we, we step into a room in your home and it's just like magazines, like how? <laughs> I keep them all like, honestly, they're all in random places to be perfectly honest. Like I need to get a better organization system, but like I have like a magazine rack over the door. I have drawers filled with magazines. I have them separated by like Cosmo Girl, 17, Teen Magazine, Why yeah. Teen People. Um, so they're, they're just kind of like a little bit of a mess right now especially we just moved and I like my boyfriend was like oh my god all these boxes like labeled magazines and they're like 50 pounds <laughs> <laughs> like be careful with those <laughs> they're very precious <laughs> they're so precious to me that's awesome so if you don't mind me asking from like an end buyer consumer perspective like is there any brands, especially because I like you were saying earlier we're just in, inundated now with nostalgic like marketing campaigns like is there a certain brand or a campaign you've seen recently that has done nostalgia or pop culture well? Honestly, I feel like one of the, the most recent things I saw that I just thought was so tender and I absolutely loved was Mead Brands relaunched the Trapper Keeper. Um, and they did it in a lot of like the old designs there at Walmart. My boyfriend got me two of them and they are just so cute, so cute. I did a little back to school video the other day and like, like what you would put in your book bag. And like, I had the trapper keepers. Um, but I think that they did it right. And I think that there's a lot of like, I, I know that like our generation would pay top dollar if Bath and Body Works launched like a collection of the old packaging of like sun and raspberry, like the blueberry art stuff, body glitter, like our generation would eat that up. Like yes. they would make so much money. Yeah. Um, so I do think that like Trapper Keeper, for instance, did a really great job with it. Um, let like a lot of the potato chips this summer, Lay's brands did a whole relaunch of like their old packaging of potato chips. Um, and it was just so nice to see visually walking in the grocery store, like these setups of like the old packaging of, you know, barbecue chips. And I was like, oh my God, this looks like 1989. Just those visuals of like what we grew up with I think that that is more impactful than say for instance I can't even remember what brand it was or who I saw but it was another one of those like it was either an insurance commercial or something and it's like the super cheesy re like cover of like an old song that was popular and it, it embarrasses me it makes it's very cringe like it makes me not want to have anything to do with that because I feel like it's out of touch with their consumer do you yeah. know what I mean 
Yeah. And I mean, I think you hit like it right, um, like the nail right on the head. It's like, if you know your audience well enough, you can pull off nostalgia and pop culture well. It's like when the people who, you know, like as a very straight laced conservative brand and they do something like there's nothing wrong with trying, you know, again, things that are yeah. new because that's what you have to do um, in marketing to like keep relevant. But when it's so far left, like your audience will just be so turned off and then you've wasted like all your marketing spend. But I think you make a really good like point. Like for me, like I stayed covered from head to toe in middle school and bath and body like body glitter like I don't eat like I would just get it just to have the smell like the blueberry and everything you know what I mean like and again if they did that like again it's them speaking directly to their consumer and those memories that they have and it's like such a win-win for for them and their company so I think you know moving forward there'll be people who will lean more into that, you know, for success purposes, where it's like, you know, we don't have to be a part of every trend or, you know, right, going right. back to every decade, it can just be like those moments that we can create that are special for our consumer. It, it really is kind of like a thank you in a way. Like, I know this is what you've wanted. I know this means a lot to you. And for me, that's like such a huge buy-in. Like I would be like hook, line and sinker. Like, yes, like, you know me, you're doing this for me. I feel good about it. Um, so I hope to see a lot of brands do that moving forward. Um, I, I, I really do. I have a lot of like opinions on that. Sometimes I'm like somebody <laughs> like right brand sometimes like, Hey, I have a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's so cool. Well, hopefully, you know, they'll take your advice because you're right on the money. So I saw this really cool article from inverse that defined nostalgia as like motivation and meaning, you know, and I thought that was such like a really um, cool definition because I feel like you know it motivates you as a buyer you know through meaning is you have like that emotional connection in the right context that's like served to you at the right time on the right platform or channel so as a consumer how have brands like persuaded you to take desired action by using nostalgia like is there a recent purchase that you've made that you can tie directly to them using nostalgia completely bought entire uh morphe lisa frank collab I yeah i displayed it all over where my makeup station is uh i bought every they bought they had three palettes i bought them all and like just displayed them all out um i also ended up getting the entire lizzie mcguire collection from ColourPop. i was just like i have to have this entire thing guys like give me the whole thing um those are the things that speak to me, especially from like having a background in the cosmetics industry. Um, and I feel like that is something that ColourPop and Morphe did very, very well. They executed it flawlessly. The packaging was fantastic. The timing I feel like was fantastic. And the feedback that they got from um, their target audience was honestly really well. If it passes the trend mood comments section test, it's going <laughs> to boom. It's good to go it can be real dicey in there sometimes um but then there were a few other things that some other brands did uh that just didn't fly that well like it just felt kind of forced and a little weird and it's like hmm, do we need like a saved by the bell eyeshadow palette when there's no other story to it there's not really any other marketing to it like you're just taking something and it feels almost like you're i don't know i don't know what the word is i don't really know what i'm exactly trying to kind of phrase it as but it just feels 
very inauthentic and almost like you're taking advantage in a sense of a trend or something that you could jump on and it's just not authentic and that just does not sit well with me. Yeah, no, and I think you said it like perfectly. It's like, it just seems like a snatch and grab for money yeah. versus like you really honoring like your customers and like their interest and their loyalty and their like potential investment. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah. they're relaunching the show. Like everybody's doing a makeup palette. Morphe did a makeup palette with Lisa Frank. Let's do it for Save by the Bell. And it's like, yeah. would your customers really want to buy that? And is that really like what people are looking for for like Save by the Bell? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 100%. So I always like to end these with fun questions. And normally I just pick one, but I actually wanted to do two with you. So my first one is what's your favorite piece of nostalgia that you own? Like, is there one out of everything that you could be like, my house is on fire, God forbid, but you're like, I'm taking this one YM magazine. <laughs> I'm like looking at my room and I'm like, I Oh my God, that is such a hard question because <laughs> when I tell you there is so, I would be running out of this house with like my arms full. Um, you know what I think it would be? I think it would be my little iMac, my original pink iMac. Yo. Uh, what, 99, 2000? Um, it's actually, my boyfriend actually was cleaning out some closets at work. It's like an old department store storage closet and they had, the iMac that they had like used a long time ago and it was just sitting in the corner collecting dust and he hauled it home for me and I was like I cried because <laughs> I wanted one when I was a teenager but like we couldn't afford one and my friends had them and I was just like oh my god they're so cool looking I would be lugging this heavy thing out of the house does it work like, if it does works it work? yeah it work? oh yeah it works oh my god that's yeah it's god. amazing that's so cool it's fantastic oh my gosh yeah there's like there's actually files on there from like 2002 from the department store it's visual merchandising photos of like the juniors department it's amazing it's I was like I, I was just like sobbing <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool that's like the awesome that's like a perfect gift for you so like if you could live in any decade like permanently, like I would probably go back to the sixties because I always like, you know, wanted to be a hippie and that seemed like the time yeah. to be a hippie. But like, is there a particular decade that if you could just live your life on a loop in, what would it be and why? You know, I would probably, I mean, definitely it would be the nineties, but I almost want to get more specific and say like, I would not mind living on a loop between 1992 and 1994 <laughs> I know yeah. that's wildly specific that's awesome but that is one of my favorite time periods as far as pop culture movies that came out music that was happening fashion in general it was just my memories as a child from that time period are very tender and sweet to me and like I think that if I could ever go back and relive like I would just put me in 92 through 94 put it on a loop for all eternity I'd be fine I'd be good to go <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I love that no I love that it's so specific that's like it is it is a really good time like Jurassic Park you know yes, Home Alone exactly. like you know <laughs> Tupac Biggie like all yeah. of them like you can't go yeah. wrong you know yeah I totally co-sign that joy <laughs> well thank you so much for your time today Jay this was such a fun and awesome conversation I really appreciate it and I can't wait to see more content from you Thank you so much. And I really, really, truly appreciate this. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. Enjoy the rest of your day, Jade. Take care. Thank you.